So last week, we began a series called Reconnect. And I talked about reconnecting in our relationships and in our friendships. It hasn't been easy. We talked about how over the last year and a half, the pandemic has affected many people's mental health. It caused us in some ways to pull inward, to disconnect. And what's more, because of the polarizing issues that our nation and our communities and our lives that we face, that really began then and have continued, and there's so many, that, that it's been harder to reconnect as we have realized that real differences separate us from, from people that we previously had friendships with and things like that. And we're not really good at connecting when there's differences. And so, um, let me grab this real quick. So we're going to continue today by really building on what I talked about last week, about how we as Christians are people who are called to connect, called to represent this, this loving God in the world. And how we, how we seek common good. So we talked last week about the difference between kind of debate and dialogue. But we're going to turn it inward a little bit and ask ourselves, what does it look like to reconnect with ourselves? Now, you might be wondering, what, what does Andrew mean, reconnect with myself? I am myself. What, what does that mean? So I thought I would talk about an experience and see if it at all resonates with you. Oh, kind of an inner dialogue. Perhaps you have, over this last year and a half, just felt something wasn't quite right. Maybe, maybe you felt that, that in many ways, your, your life, you were doing the things that you typically did. You were, you know, getting up in the morning, maybe working and, and dealing with children or dealing with all sorts of things, but, but there was just something that wasn't quite right. It may be that anxiety that we talked about that's sort of over everything. Or maybe it was just a feeling that you weren't quite on your game. Life had moved you in some different ways. It was hard to, to get back to what you were or what you were doing or what you thought you were or harder to achieve the things that you wanted to achieve. And so you felt this disconnect between how you're actually living your life and feeling in your heart and in your head and your habits and what you want. That's the disconnect that I want to talk about today. Now it's hard to know how widespread a feeling of disconnect from ourselves might be. It's not like there's surveys that say, do you feel sort of a stranger in your heart? Or do you feel like a stranger in your heart? Or do you feel disconnected? Or do you feel like you're, something's kind of wrong? Is there kind of a rumbling in your heart? Discontentment. 
So I thought instead I might look at some other things that might be able to at least shed some light that, that there had been some change over this last time period in our lives and how we lived. And they might indicate in these habitual changes some sort of heart change as well. And so I looked at a few things. These all came from different sources here. But one of the things that I looked at is over the period of the pandemic, and this first statistic is just through 2020, but they said one-third of Americans increased their drinking over that first nine months of the pandemic. And it, indeed, it was a lot of memes and a lot of things about that. One person was telling me, you know, they started off just like having a nightly drink for the first time in their life, and it just kind of continued. Now, I'm not here to say that all drinking is bad or things like that, but just to notice that if one-third of the country is drinking more, that might indicate something. And also that more people were drinking to excess, that same statistic. 42% of Americans gained weight. I won't ask you if you're part of that 42%. Again, indicating something has changed. And since a lot of us, I would put myself in this boat, will eat when nervous or not feeling right, that's one of and another indicator. 56% of America is dealing with insomnia in the last year inability to sleep at night. Two-thirds of Americans have been experiencing delayed sleep, which is to say, you used to go to bed at 10 o'clock, now you're up till one watching Netflix and you don't know why. Thirty-four percent increase in interest in divorce. I have to talk about this a little bit. This comes from a website that specializes in online like legal stuff, and they said that their interest in uh, requests for their divorce packet had increased 34%. And then we've seen in churches nationwide, but in, you, know, you can see it in our church as well, and our church attendance has drastically fallen off over the last one and a half years. And so all of these things together show us that there's been a sort of a change in our heart, and perhaps a, they might indicate a certain discomfort, because a lot of these are behaviors that we would not do if we were happy and satisfied with the way things were going. So that dissatisfaction, that disconnect from what we want in our lives would be something that we might say has increased in the pandemic. But, I wonder if it wasn't already there before. So I want to talk about that. And, you know, there would be lots of ways to address these kinds of things. We could have a, a practical sermon on rebuilding habits or something like that, but I think those are all individual ways that we do that. Instead, because we're here at, at a church and you're listening to a message, I wanted to address the spiritual reality, what I see undergirding this, and, and talk about that because I... I think that this as Christians is, is where we can really begin to look at reconnecting in a way that doesn't just put us back to how we were, but reconnecting to a deeper self. Perhaps a self that you have not connected to in a very long time. 
So let's talk about what Paul outlined there a little bit, because this is a part where we need to talk about some Christian concepts, some ways of understanding how how Christians see the world. And and I say Christians knowing that Christians believe a lot of different things, but I'm going to sort of spell out what I understand Paul would be talking. And I hope that this really helps you to see where some of this discomfort, this disconnect from ourselves might be coming from. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks in that passage about a couple of things that might seem might seem strange. You might not have known what he was talking about. He was talking a lot about the law. You might have thought, well, what law is he talking about? Unless you were someone who has been in a Christian community or a Jewish community, you might have no idea what he means by this idea of the law. And and Paul's understanding of the law is something that is too big to go into right now. But what he's getting at is, is the ethical and ritual requirements of the Jewish religion that he was a part of. And what they understood was the law showed you how to live as God wants you to live. So when Paul is writing about his desire to follow the law, what he is saying is that he has within him the desire to do God's will. He has within him the desire for God. And yet he talks about another law, and this is where it becomes metaphorical, this law in his body. He also has this other thing that is pulling him away, that is in some ways disconnecting him from what God is calling him to. Now we call that force that's disconnecting us sin. Now, often when people talk about sin, they just mean like individually doing things that are bad. And it's not really what is coming, what is coming through here. Because this force that disconnects us from God isn't necessarily like, hey, I've been stealing a bunch of bubblegum or something like that. It's, it's something far more basic than that. Methodists, we talk about this idea of sin as a distortion. So God's image of us, what God created us to be, distorted. It's kind of like reality through a fun house mirror. And so what sin does is it convinces us that we need to be different. That in order to be us, we need to disconnect from God. I know that's abstract, so let's kind of unpack this a little bit. Returning again to this feeling of disconnection. I think most people in our congregation and those watching would do something like this. You might not feel yourself. You might not feel right in your heart. You might feel this tension, this war in your heart about who you are and what you want to be. You might feel shame. You might feel guilt. You might feel all of these things. But because you're good, nice people, you don't want to burden other people with those, you're going to not show that hardly ever. And so for this last year and a half, as this is ramped up within you, you have probably smiled, said you're doing fine when someone asks you at church, 
thought, I don't have problems really that big. He kept the mask on. Saying, you know, we can get through this. Just let's just do it. Don't let them see you sweat kind of thing. But what Paul is talking about here is something far more fundamental and kind of divided about us. A picture that came to mind when I, when I thought about it was, let's see, oh, looks like we're off of that. Picture that came to mind here is sort of a divided self that we live. That there's a part of us at war with another part of us. And we don't really know how to, to live that out with who we are. This divided self. Sin is in some ways pulling us, and God's grace is pulling us, and yet we're not sure how to do it. So how do we deal with this feeling most of the time? How do you deal with this feeling, for example, that something isn't quite right in your life? Well, there's a lot of ways people deal with it, but I would imagine how a lot of people in this congregation are going to deal with that is one of two ways. The first way is you're going to decide, I'm going to get my act together. You're going to say, I want to be this. I want to be a good person. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do these things. So I'm going to start doing those things. Whatever that might look like. How many times in the last year and a half, for example, have you promised to start doing things better? Whatever that might have looked like for you. Maybe it was mundane things, like you're going to eat better or be healthier, you're going to spend more time doing this, or you're going to love more, you're going to go to church more, you're going to read your Bible more, you're going to pray more, you're going to do all these things that you want to do. You, you see what you desire, and so you're like, if I can just climb a little better, if I can grab hold a little harder, if I can just get my act together... I can overcome this disconnection I feel if we strive enough we can reach it. How's that work now? Striving to fix that hole within us. How's that worked out to, to reconnect, to grab through human strength and power and striving and become, through force of will, discipline the person that you want to be? I want to be clear, I do believe in hard work. And I do believe that we need to act. And yet, what is it that we are truly doing? And so the other way that you might deal with that, perhaps if you've done this rodeo more than a few times, 
is you might start to sense, I would like to be different, but then you say, what's the point? What am I even doing this for? And so we're caught between a sort of resignation and a strife. We can join with Paul then. As he said in that scripture that we read, what a wretched person I am. What condition we find ourselves in. But thankfully, we can also join with Paul as he continues, because he continues in verse 8, in chapter 8, he says, begins, he says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free. So he begins by saying, yes, this situation that we all have, this thing that we all have, this disconnection we are to ourselves, it's not up to us to reconnect it. Thanks be, he says, not that I have worked hard, that I have strived enough, that I have achieved, that I finally overcame all the problems that I see in myself, that I finally did it. No, he says, thanks be to Christ Jesus, because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then he continues and says, those that live according to the flesh have their mind set on what flesh desires, and those who live according to the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So what he is talking about there is exactly what we were outlining first, that there is this war within us, this desire for things of, of, of God and things of this world, of things of these things, and it is the result is a living in this is that we don't know up from down what's what. We have a, a, what Christian theology calls a disordered heart. Meaning that we don't even know what is truly important for us. You see, because hard work and discipline, all those things, those are all great attributes. But if you are trying to achieve things that are disordered in your heart, you might achieve well disordered. Not seeking the things that will ultimately bring you what you want to have. So what is it that we can join in with Paul in doing and being to reconnect with ourselves? Surrender. Well, I'm having a hard time today with this. I don't know what's going on. There, surrender. What does surrender mean? But to decide that we're not going to strive. but that we are going to let go.
accepting that when it comes to the things of God and the life of the Spirit, that this is something that we cannot climb to. But it's also very practical. We say things like, our faith is what saves us, right? Believe that. But do we believe that? Do we believe, for example, that that our life can be all that it is designed to be, all that God desires it to be, without us striving for it all? Do you believe that's even possible? When you have constructed what your life is and what would make it worthy for you to live, have those been the priorities of you and your own sense of what is important and ego and all of those things, or have those been the priorities of God? Can you imagine living a life, for example, where love and and God's love was the highest priority in that life and being okay with that life? even if it didn't achieve the things you imagine you need to be who you want to be. You see, surrender, faith, all of these things look great on Sunday morning, but when you begin to look at what it would look like to reorder your life on those principles, well, then it starts to get dicey. Then it starts to get hard. Because what does Jesus say? Like, if we're going to surrender our life to Jesus, Jesus is pretty clear, actually, about what that kind of life is going to look like. He talks about, for example, what we are going to be about, about people of love. We're going to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're going to love God. We're going to love each other as he is loving. He talks about love, love, love all the time, experiencing God's love, expressing God's love, being agents of God's love, enacting God's love on earth, being people of the kingdom of God. But if we are going to hold enacting God's love as key and foundational to who we are, which I would say is what it takes to connect to who we are. Well, that's not an easy task. That requires us to have a lot of faith and a lot of trust. What would it be like, for example, in your family To do that. I mean, only you can ask yourselves these kinds of questions like, what do my children know of the love of God? Am I setting them up for a life of trying to prove themselves? To me? To others? Am I setting them up for a life that's pulling them in the wrong direction. What would it be like? Would I be willing to be okay with a life where they were enacting God's love and it meant that they didn't have the worldly success, for example, that I might desire that they might have? And you have to ask yourself truly, are you really there or are you not? Because there's no point in lying around. And then you have to ask those things of yourself. Would I be willing to reorder my heart to have enacting God's love on the earth as my top priority? 
Probably not immediately, but would I even decide that's where I'm going to move? What might that shake up in things? We have an opportunity here not to reconnect disordered lives. You have an opportunity not to go back to how things always were. But instead to, to begin the process, act by act, bit by bit, of deciding to live your life in faith, deciding to enact love in who you are, deciding to represent God's love in your life in every way you can. Because I don't believe we reconnect to God by achieving everything that we think God wants us to achieve. We reconnect to God and to ourselves by surrendering to him in faith and hope and love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Will you pray with me?